Did you know that if you miss the first day of a class that you're registered for, you could end up being automatically withdrawn from the class and it could affect your financial aid? Did you know accommodations won't start until the faculty gets the word from the Disability Services Office? Did you know that saying, well, I didn't know anything about that isn't a good enough reason at college? Today, we're talking about getting ready for school, and it's a whole lot different than getting ready for school when you were in the K-12 system. You'll find there's a lot more to do when you're getting ready for college. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to Are You Ready for Classes to Start? on episode 29 of College, Disabilities, and Success by Mickey Hayes. The opinions in this podcast are my own, but please reach out to your college, physician, or legal services for any additional information. There's a lot of prep when you are getting ready for college classes to start. And so today I want to talk about some of those things that you need to know about and be aware of and make sure you take care of. We're basically looking at two different things. We're looking at preparation for college as per the Disability Services Office and what you need for them and what they require and what you can expect as far as typical support from a Disability Services Specialist. And then we're talking about the college itself, the same rules and regulations that every single college student is subjected to. And those deal with things like financial aid, getting your books, attendance in class, and things like that. So we're going to talk about several different things today. So let's talk about disability services first. Are you ready to actually start school? Have you already had these conversations with disability services? Number one, did you self-identify as having a disability? This is very basic, but I have seen students who get to college and they just assume that everybody knows their situation and that they have an IEP and that they had accommodations in high school. But the reality is nobody knows that until you self-identify and you need to self-identify at the Disability Services Office. So if you are going to college expecting immediate help and support, it's not going to automatically be there. So make sure that you have spent that time with Disability Services, talked about your documentation, what you have available, what they need, what kind of accommodations you would like to have as compared to what kind of accommodations they can actually provide because they may not be the same thing. So you may have to have those conversations with Disability Services as well. It's really, really important that all of the disability services paperwork is in place so that you allow the staff of the disability services office to get paperwork prepared for your faculty. Once everything is said and done, once they have evaluated your documentation, once they have assessed it for accommodations, they have to get all of that information entered into their system, and they have to get all of that information over to the faculty member. And some colleges will give the accommodation memos directly to you. Other colleges give it to the professor. Some have you signing off on it. Some have the professor signing off on it. Some have no signatures required. So you need to find out the protocols that your college has in place for getting those accommodations forms to the professors, because that is the only way the professor is going to know how to help you. The professors do not get access to your file. They do not get access to your documentation. The only thing they know 
is that you have a piece of paper from the Disability Services Office that says you have identified as a student with a disability, and because of that, you should get the following accommodations, and then they'll list them out for you. So it's very, very specific, and it's very clearly stated. If you need any kind of specialized accommodation, for example, a note taker or or a reader or some sort of assistive technology, that those kinds of things take time to arrange. The disability services staff doesn't just have a closet full of note takers and they can pull one out and give it to you. Sometimes they have to find somebody. Sometimes they're matching schedules. Sometimes it falls on the shoulder of the students. Sometimes they will ask the faculty if they have note takers available. There's a lot of different ways that that accommodation can be arranged. And so you have to allow that time to happen. Also, if you need an interpreter, if you have a hearing impairment and you need an interpreter, or you need an FM system, or you need some other kind of technology for any reason, sometimes the colleges do have that in their closet, but other times they have to buy it. They may have to borrow it from somebody. If you need a book in Braille, that takes a long time to have that book prepared for you. So they need that information well in advance before the start of class. So there's a lot of different responsibilities that Disability Services has to get you prepared for that first day of class, depending on what your needs are. Now, some students come in, they know what their accommodations are, they have the right documentation, everything's cut and dry, and you can get the forms, you take them to the professors, and that's the end of that. No problems, no issues, no delays. But I have had students come in at the last moment scrambling because they needed XYZ accommodation, and it was one of those that just takes time. I may have had to purchase something. I had may have had to borrow a piece of equipment. Whatever it is, it could end up taking time. So be aware of that. The closer you get to the start of school, the harder it is to get in to see the people you need to see. They're very crowded. The lines are long. You may not be able to get an appointment right away on the day that you need it. So account for the fact that the closer you are to school, the more difficult things are going to be to handle. And none of that starts, none of the accommodations even begin until you have a schedule in place because they can't accommodate you until they know what your classes are. So make sure that all of that work has been taken care of well enough in advance to avoid as many complications as possible. Colleges also do not provide personal care attendance. So if the nature of your disability is such that you need a personal care attendant, that personal care attendant can be there for you. They can be with you in class if need be, but the college is not going to provide that. And so that's an arrangement you're going to end up having to make on your own. So have that conversation with disability services in case they need to inform faculty about anything with regards to that. But they do not provide personal care attendance. I have never heard of any college doing that. Now, there are several things that you also have to make sure you have taken care of prior to the start of classes with regards to the college end of things. Did you get all of your registration paperwork in order? Did you send your high school transcripts in? You know, you can actually apply and be accepted to college without having your transcripts there because sometimes transcripts aren't available until the summer. And so you may find yourself in that situation and you want to make sure that you made the arrangements to get the transcripts to the college of your choice. Also, if you were homeschooled and you have a homeschool diploma, 
You want to make sure that the college of your choice will accept that particular version of your homeschool diploma. I know at the college I worked at, literally they had a list of the diplomas that they would accept. And so you need to find out if you're on that list or not, because that could complicate things. I had mentioned schedules. You had to have your schedule in place early enough so that your accommodations can be arranged and they're ready to go and you can hand it to the professor either at the first class or shortly thereafter. But Disability Services does not help you choose your classes in most cases. That usually falls on the shoulders of a counselor or an advisor at your college. So you may be talking to the Disability Services about an accommodation for a certain class, for a certain math class, for example. But exactly which math class it is, when you're taking it, the hours that you're taking it, the schedule that you're building around, the classes that you're allowed to even sign up for, All of those decisions are made with the help of an advisor. So be sure you talk to an advisor or a counselor with regards to your academic plan and the kinds of classes you are allowed to take, the kinds of classes you must take, which ones have prerequisites and which ones are electives. All of this, all of these conversations generally come out of the college advisors and not disability advisors in most cases. Check your emails regularly, daily, because the college will communicate to you through email. And as I said when I first started this podcast, saying that you didn't know about it isn't going to fly, especially if you got an email telling you about it, or if it's written in a catalog, or if it's on signage around the college. The fact that nobody told it to you verbally doesn't mean you weren't told. If it's in writing, you were told. And the fact that you missed that email or you missed that message falls on your shoulders. If you have any financial aid questions and you need to see a financial aid counselor or advisor, there's a very, very, very good chance that you aren't going to get anywhere near that place as it gets closer to school. I have literally seen lines outside of financial aid that were closed off and the doors were closed long before the office closed because they weren't taking anybody else that day. Financial aid is oftentimes one of the hardest places to get into at the last minute. So whatever financial aid questions you have or whatever financial aid issues you're dealing with, you really should take care of those during the summer. You really should take care of all your financial aid ducks and get them all in a row well ahead of the school year because scrambling with financial aid is a complicated problem. Did you get any scholarship money? What are the scholarship rules that you have to follow? And how do you handle that? Again, another question you should think about. Which brings me to the issue of a school calendar. One of the things that I used to do with every meeting, with every new parent and student, was to give them a copy of the school calendar. That was just my personal preference. I wanted to make sure that they had a copy of the school calendar and that I took a few minutes to highlight things because deadlines are written in stone and they are not flexible at the college. And you are going to have things like withdrawal dates and drop ad dates and when you can drop a class and add a class and you won't be penalized for it through financial aid. And when you drop a class, when you will be penalized through financial aid. Deadlines make a huge difference. So look for the calendar. It's going to be in front of every catalog that they have. It's going to be online. But those deadlines, financial aid deadlines in particular, are the ones you need to pay attention to because 
as I said in the beginning, at some schools, and not every school is this way, but at some schools, if you don't attend the very first class for the semester, you can be dropped from the roster, especially if it is a class where people are waiting in line, so to speak, on a waiting list to sign up for that class. Little aside, I can remember my daughter needed to sign up for a math class and she wanted a particular teacher. She had a math class in her schedule, but this teacher closed out early. There were never any openings in his class. So for every day, for about the two weeks, three weeks before classes started, she went online every day to see if he had any openings in his class. And when she spotted an opening, she grabbed it. She grabbed the opening and enrolled in his class, withdrew from the one she had previously, and she ended up getting the teacher that she wanted at the very last minute. But it was after checking that schedule daily until she was able to slip in to that open spot. It's kind of like looking for a parking place when none exist and somebody suddenly pulls out in front of you and you've got a spot open and you grab it. That's basically what she did with her class. I wouldn't advise doing that. It worked for her, but she did have a class already. It just wasn't with the person that she wanted it to be with. And so those are things you have to look at when you're making your schedule. How accommodating is the faculty member? Is this a good faculty member to work with? Is it somebody that's easy to work with? Or is it somebody that students perceive as a challenge? You don't know. You're going to wait and find out. But that makes a difference. The other thing with early schedules is you want to consider the time of day. Because there's nothing worse than finding out that the only classes that are left for you to take is the one at 8 o'clock in the morning or the one at 9 o'clock at night. And you have to take it because you have no choice. So look at the schedule early and often once you know what classes you can sign up for so that you can get a schedule that works in your life. Make sure that all of your electronics are in order. Make sure that you have a good computer. Make sure that you have good internet, that you have whatever technology you need for your classes, and become familiar with the college services. Do the libraries have computers that you can use? How busy are they? What are their hours? Is there a tutoring center available? What are the hours of the counselors? Who is your counselor, could you say? What kind of hours do they have? Do they take appointments or can you walk in? These are all generic questions that you need to know about services around your campus. Do they have a test center? Do all the teachers use the test center? Will you need to use the test center because of your disability or will you opt out of it? Will your faculty member opt out of it? What is the process and procedure for the test center? There's just lots of different questions that come up as you're getting ready for college and as you're starting those classes the first couple days. When can you buy books? Do you have financial aid money for books? How do you get that financial aid money? Can you rent books with the financial aid money or do you need to buy them? Which do you prefer? Which is available? How do you even know which book to buy? Now where I worked, the bookstores had those lists available and they knew the answers to which teachers needed which books. So that was a good thing. But I don't know if the college that you're going to has that arrangement. So you need to find out about books and how soon you need to get them because that can be a pricey deal. Do you need to have electronic books? There's a program called Learning Ally, L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G-A-L-L-Y. You can get books through Learning Ally. Sometimes you can just get them. You may need to have the disability services arrange that for you. And you also need to find out if you still need to purchase the book, because 
I know some of the services required students to purchase the book prior to getting the electronic version. And I don't know if that goes for your college and your situation or not, but it's worth checking out. Parking. How hard is it to park on campus? Depends on the time of day. But I know I worked and I attended classes on campuses where they were literally stalking for parking. And sometimes people would just wait and park, pull up alongside and just wait for somebody to leave when classes let out. So parking can be a real problem. Are you living on campus? Because that's an entirely new set of rules and regulations for the dorms, should you be getting any kind of accommodation for the dorms. So if that is an issue that you need to follow up with, then you need to talk to the Disability Services Office and see how that will be handled. So today I hit you with as many questions and as much information as I could think of as you are getting ready for classes to start. I hope it helped trigger some questions in your own mind, some of the things that you might not have checked on that you need to follow up and check on before it's too late. And hopefully the more you know ahead of time, the more answers you have ahead of time, the smoother the start of the school year will go. I truly, truly wish you all a very smooth, easy start to the new school year that's coming up soon. If you get a chance, take a look at my website, mickeyteaches.com. I have a lot of resources on there that you may find helpful. I also have a free ebook if you're interested, and it has over 30 questions of things that you need to be sure you understand with regards to disabilities and disability services prior to the start of the school year. I think it would be a really good idea for you to grab that free ebook. There's no strings attached. It's there. You just go to the website. There's a place where you can sign up for it. And the ebook will be immediately delivered to your email. So it's real easy. And it might give you some additional insight into possible things you haven't thought about yet with regards to the beginning of school. Because as you saw from today's podcast, there's a lot of loose ends and a lot of danglies that you have to make sure have been taken care of and tied up in a nice bow. Have a great rest of the day, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye. Information contained throughout this podcast has been gleaned from my own personal experiences. But to ensure accuracy, please contact the Disability Services at the college of your choice to have firsthand information and the most up-to-date policies and procedures followed by your particular institution of higher education. The content in any of these podcasts is not intended as a substitute for information from legal, educational, or medical professionals. Always seek the advice of your attorney or qualified health care provider with any questions you may have with regards to legal, educational, or medical concerns.